Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, I just want to say first up, it's almost been a year of I Work With A Nightmare and I've loved having you guys along for the journey. The stories we've shared have been confronting and a little difficult, but I've appreciated everyone sharing and everyone enjoying. Unfortunately, the workload for this is quite extensive and I've got a few more things going on in my life at the moment. So for the foreseeable future, I Work With A Nightmare is going to become a monthly podcast, not a fortnightly one. I hope this isn't too disappointing. I want you to know I didn't make this decision lightly, but I want to continue producing the same level of quality and I don't know if I can do that at the moment. I appreciate your understanding. And for now, let's continue with another nightmare. A nightmare boss is rarely a nightmare right from the beginning. If they were, we'd all run away immediately. Instead, they slowly push the boundaries on what is acceptable. Doing one little thing and then backing off and then doing more and more until one day you realise you're constantly stressed, on edge and anxious. And it's all because of the person you work with. That's exactly what happened for Carol when she started working for Veronica. My name's Sam Blacker, and you're listening to I Work With A Nightmare. I was looking for a job. There was a job ad that I found on an industry website. And so I put in an application. They brought me in for an interview, you know, asked all the relevant questions, and then rang me up a couple of days after the interview to say, we've filled the original position we were hiring for, but we didn't think you had enough experience for that anyway, but we've got another position that we'd like to offer you. After being told this, Carol accepted and immediately realised some disappointing information. And then they offered me minimum wage, which I accepted because I desperately needed a job. I later learnt that everybody there was on minimum wage even though they were asking for several years of experience and university qualifications. But despite this, Carol wasn't too concerned because she'd already met her boss, Veronica, during the interview process and had a pretty good first impression. Veronica ran the company with her partner. Her husband had another job, but also did all of the interviewing with Veronica. She didn't make decisions on her own. She seemed cool. She seemed like she wanted to impress me. I think she thought I was cool based on my resume and based on my experience. And she told me a lot of stories that made me think she was pretty cool. So, feeling positive after that interview, Carol's first day went well. The first day was really nice. I didn't see any red flags when I first started. I went into this very small office in the heart of the city, met everybody else who worked there. I had my own desk. We were, we were all in this tiny room, but 
it seemed like a very cool place to work. It had posters on the walls and memorabilia around the place. And while a lot of things were to come, the first red flag was less of a red flag and just something very weird. But it would begin that process of slowly pushing back Carol's boundaries. It was my birthday. A fact that everybody in the office knew I had the day off, I was at home, I was having a lovely time. And I got a call from the boss saying, hey, there's been a bit of an emergency. Would you mind coming into the office? It wasn't a demand and things seemed desperate, so Carol obliged. I went into the office, sat down at my desk and noticed that there was a bag on my desk, a bag from JB Hi-Fi. And I thought, oh, maybe they've got me a present. But Carol noticed something off about the bag. And I noticed that the bag on my desk was actually starting to smell. Now, when I say this bag was on my desk, it was right next to me. It was right next to my computer, kind of between the monitor and the keyboard. You know, it was kind of hard to ignore. The opening of the bag was facing away from me. And I didn't want to look in it because I had this naive idea in my head that this was a present for me. And that at some point I'd get a phone call saying, hey, you know, did you get your present? And then I'd open it and I'd be like, oh, thank you so much. Eventually, her wish to be surprised was overwhelmed by the smell. But after a while, the smell kind of kept permeating and I thought, oh, I should probably maybe check what's in this bag. I think this bag is actually smelling. Um, And I looked in the bag and it was a dirty nappy that had been left in a bag on my desk. As months passed, Carol continued to work and she didn't even notice anything changing. But things were changing, and a moment would make her realise how much. So the boss had an injury and underwent surgery for the injury. She She couldn't get her own coffee, she couldn't get her own food, she couldn't do anything. So she started asking me to run errands for her instead of performing the actual duties that they'd hired me for. The extra work was fine, although there was a lot of different errands. Run down to the jeweller to take a necklace to get fixed, or or run down to purchase a present for the baby, or run down to the cafe down the bottom of the stairs and, you know, bring up coffees for the office. But there was one very benign request that would eventually open Carol's eyes to what was going on. On the days that Veronica was in the office, she would ask me to buy her a coffee from one place and avocado toast from a different place. You might be already starting to see where this is going. A boss who is particular on what they want, down to the finest details, might just get difficult if details change. Unfortunately, sometimes the details have to change. One day I got to the avocado toast place and they'd sold out. They were completely out of avocado and I didn't know what to do. I went to a bunch of different cafes. Excuse me, do you do avocado toast? Excuse me, do you do avocado toast? Finally found one that looked the same. And so I bought the avocado toast from this different location, got the coffee, brought it back upstairs. As she was walking back, Carol caught herself in a very strange thought process. And I was debating in my head, do I tell her the truth or do I lie and say that this is your normal avocado toast? And the fact that I was even panicking about this, I think shows that 
she was starting to get to me because with a normal person, with a boss who respects you, you'd just be like, oh, they were sold out of toast, but I got you some from a different place, here you go. And you wouldn't think twice about that. But I was genuinely worried about telling her and I was right to be worried. The bread was the same. The avocado was the same. Because I handed her the toast and I said, I'm really sorry, the first place they'd sold out because we were a bit later today. That was my fault. Um, well, according to her. So I said, I went to another place. They don't actually sell avocado toast. I convinced them to make this for you, which was true. And I handed it to her and she took one bite and said, oh, I don't like it. And this interaction made Carol realise something about Veronica. I obviously picked up on it because I had a bit of paranoia in me surrounding when I needed to be honest with her because honesty was not met well with Veronica. This is never a good trait in a boss. Someone who makes their employees scared to admit the truth is going to cause problems. And Veronica's assault on honesty was very aggressive. We had staff meetings once a week and she banned us from using the phrase my bad. And we learned very quickly that this wasn't a workplace where you should own up to your mistakes. Literally saying, oh, I didn't do that. Sorry, that's my bad, would earn a severe tongue lashing. And this had obvious results. Being honest, good people, at first, the employees would own up to their mistakes. They would say, I'm sorry, my bad. I'm the one who got that wrong. I'm the one who made an error there. But she just went a bit crazy anytime you messed up and you sort of learnt to give excuses rather than owning up to things. This is never a healthy environment to create. Rather than helping her employees ensure that they didn't make those mistakes again, she scared them into hiding the evidence. She'd go, oh, who didn't send this mail that was supposed to be sent? Oh, my bad, I forgot, sorry. You couldn't do that. You'd have to say, oh, that mail was underneath something and I didn't see it. You'd have to give excuses. You couldn't just honestly admit to making a mistake. So, in an environment of paranoia and insecurity, things became even more stressful for Carol when she was given a new responsibility. After running all of these errands to purchase avocado toast, coffee, children's birthday presents and other items using the office's petty cash, I was asked to look after the petty cash. Being in charge of money when you have an overreactive, paranoia-inducing boss is already hard, but Veronica made it harder. Now, that would have been fine, except that I wasn't allowed to take the key home with me. The key lived in the drawer next to the petty cash tin, and I didn't work full-time. So there was an easily accessible petty cash tin, and Carol wasn't around to police it all the time. Naturally, issues arose. So there were plenty of times when there were other people in the office who, you know, had access to this petty cash. Therefore, I couldn't always reconcile it because I wasn't made aware of all of the purchases. And when the figures didn't add up, Carol was the one questioned. I was asked, why didn't you know about this purchase? Why didn't you do this? And I said, well, if you let me take the key home and then nobody can touch petty cash unless I'm here then I'll be able to keep on top of it. So she put this responsibility on me, but I couldn't actually do it because people were stealing from petty cash. 
It was at this point that Veronica would make demands of Carol that no boss should make. She asked me where the money was and I said, I don't know, it's not in the list of transactions, it's not in my pile of receipts, there's actually no record here, I don't know. And she wouldn't accept that as an answer and on more than one occasion asked me to pay money out of my own pocket to replace the missing petty cash. Veronica was attacking honesty, causing stress and being difficult with money. It's no surprise that she was also not paying employees for overtime work. But another issue occurred around a staff dinner. But we had a team bonding dinner and we went out to a chain restaurant, you know, nothing expensive, but um, we ordered lots of food for the table and, you know, expensive cocktails because that those were the pricey things on the menu. This was a dinner organised by Veronica and they were told they had to go. So Carol and her co-workers made an assumption they would come to regret. And, if, and partners were invited. You know, it was all of the team plus their partners all out. And we were under the impression that it was being paid for by work as it was the work function. Carol quickly discovered how wrong that assumption was. I left early. I had another... Um, event on that night and so I did not pay for myself and when I got to work the next day I discovered that I now owed the boss $85. But it turns out Carol's co-workers found out they would be paying in an even more uncomfortable way. When she ordered the dessert she'd said oh I'll I'll shout you the dessert and that was the point when everyone realised that they um, were going to have to pay but she only shouted the employees' dessert. The partners had to pay for themselves. So it's no surprise that Carol wanted to leave. I was actively looking for employment throughout the last maybe three or four months at this place. I, I, I made it a year. Um, within that year, almost everybody else I worked with found a new job and left. And she did eventually get very, very far away. I moved to a different city when I found a new job, um, partly just to get away, I think. Uh, Working with Veronica in Sydney had really tainted the city for me and I didn't think I could work there again. Carol and her fellow ex-co-workers would catch up for drinks regularly and bonded over looking back at their previous workplace. We used to follow the firm on social media and sort of look at the turnover of staff and... Sometimes we even considered reaching out to them. You know, we wanted to say, hey, you know, we, we're a support group here. We, we can help. But at the same time, we didn't want that getting back to Veronica because uh, most of us still work in related industries. But for now, Carol just feels safe. I'm very lucky, you know, to have employment, to have had employment through COVID. I think for a lot of people, that's, a, <laughs> that's the baseline at the moment. I kept my job during COVID, so I'm pretty happy about that. Veronica did push boundaries. She started with just generally odd behaviour, then became demanding until the point where she made her employees scared, to be honest. She followed up with creating issues around money and trust and eventually scared all her employees away entirely. Carol's story is special in its details, but also, tragically, not unique. Many of us have worked for employers who do not value honesty and seem to thrive on creating disharmony. If you've worked with or for a nightmare, I would love to hear your story. 
feel free to send a message to samblacker.com or I work with a nightmare on Instagram. I'll be back in a month with another episode. Until then, good luck at work. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.